1: allow these type of things in our lives. Why do you think God would allow these type of things? God wants us to have a choice. We wants us to have a choice between good and evil. He's given us this free will to choose. And He wants us to love Him for who He is. Like any relationship you might be in, I want my wife to love me for who I am, not what I can provide or what I can do. And likewise, she wants me to love her for the same reason, for who she is.
0: To the outside world, the ruthless ambition of Abimelech seemed to be a success for a while. But God's Word teaches that anything that's acquired through sin and corruption is subject to God's judgment. In today's teaching, Pastor Dave will show you how easily that which is gained through sin can just as easily be lost. Well, let's join Pastor Dave in the book of Judges chapter 9 with part 1 of his message, Evildoers Will Be Cut Off. You are
1: sure. turn into your Bibles to Judges chapter 9. The last time we were together a couple weeks ago, we looked at the first 21 verses of chapter 9, and we met a man named Abimelech. Abimelech. If you remember, Abimelech was one of the sons of Gideon, and who they renamed Jerubabal. Abimelech was the son who wanted to be king. Pretty interesting because his name means my father is a king. Now, you know, if you've been with us for the study, you know that Gideon never accepted the kingship. He never accepted the throne from Israel when it was offered to him. But this must have stuck in Abimelech's head. They offered my dad the throne. Somebody should take the throne. In fact, he even says that. Should not one of jerubbabel's 70 sons rule and why shouldn't it be me that's basically what he said he had this passionate desire to be king of israel this passionate desire was so strong within him that he would allow nothing nor anyone to stand in his way from becoming king not even his 69 brothers Which is a sad, sad thing. Plus all the other innocent people that he destroyed on his way to the top. Instead of seeking the Lord about his passion. Instead of presenting his passion before the Lord. Now, we know, delight yourself in the Lord and he will do what? Give you the desires of your heart. So if you're delighting yourself in the Lord and you're seeking the Lord with your whole heart. He will give to you those passions that he has placed within your heart. We said that even Paul told Timothy, if you desire to be a bishop or an overseer, you desire a good work. So this desire is not in and of itself bad. But when you act on it the way Abimelech acted on it, well, then that becomes a different story. Abimelech conspired to take control of the nation and become its king. And on his way to the crown, we read in the first 22 verses that Abimelech broke nearly every one of the at least ten commandments. He broke every single one in a big way. And we don't know how many others. He had selfish ambition. He took money from a foreign god, the Baals. And he used it to gain control over the people. He hired mercenaries, and they all committed murder. He killed all his brothers except one, Jotham. He completely was disloyal to those who made him the king. And he was dishonest to everybody he came in contact. So he doesn't seem like the best of guy. He doesn't seem like a great guy. However, he's mentioned here that we can learn things from him. His coronation was never accepted nor blessed by the Lord. He Blasphemed God by self-appointing him as king. He said, I'm king. And those that rose up against him, be killed. So he self-appointed himself. And this was blasphemed to God because when you become king, you take an oath to the Lord. You take an oath to the Lord. He defiled one of the most sacred places in all Judaism. A lot of history took place where his coronation took place. And this was the defilement of this sacred, sacred place. And you can read about what happened there. But during the coronation, something interesting happened. The brother Jotham stands up in front of the entire nation and he recites a parable. He speaks a parable. Now, we said that this was the first time a parable is used in Scripture. And we know how parables had a very, very important role in the ministry of Jesus Christ. This parable, however, I might add, becomes prophecy. It becomes prophetic. And if you want to take some time and study the prophecy, I'll call it, it really is prophetic of the last days, as Bill so pointed out last time we met. And how you can look at the 69 as being the 69 weeks of Daniel, and the one that was cut off or left off as the 70th week and it goes on and on and how the 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 parable basically said a tree or the trees were looking for a king and the trees went to the olive tree they went to the vine and they went to the uh, fig tree but they all declined the kingship and if you look at them closely the olive the fig and the vine are all representative of who in scripture israel we're all representative of the nation Israel throughout Scripture, each one of them at different times. But they all said no. The only tree that was available was the bramble bush, the thorn bush. But was only good for one thing, making fire. And Jotham's point was simple. Abimelech was the bramble bush, and he would not be able to protect the people. But he would instead bring down wrath of God upon the people. He predicted, Jotham predicted that fire would come forth from Abimelech and devour the men of Shechem. And hence, if you've read through the end of the story, you see that that's exactly what happened. So this becomes prophetic. It becomes a prophetic word. But in reality, who was Abimelech trying to wrestle the nation from? Whose nation was it? God's. It was God's nation. Israel was always supposed to be a theocracy, which means governed by God. It was always supposed to be. But God allowed this to happen. God has a purpose for all these things. Remember, the book of Judges is about the cycle that Israel goes through, where they go into disobedience. They they cry out in despair. They they have disobedience. Then they're disciplined. Then they cry out in despair. And then they're delivered. And how this is repeated over and over and over again throughout the entire book of Judges. But God allows this to happen. In fact, it says, after Abimelech had reigned over Israel for three years. So God let this go on for three years. He let Abimelech be king for three years. Now, as I looked at this, the one thing that crossed my mind is how long-suffering God is and how patient he is, not only with Abimelech, but he's patient with you and I as well. Yeah. I have to ask the question. During this three years, was he giving Abimelech a chance to repent and confess his sin? Was he giving Abimelech a chance to repent and confess his sin? And if Abimelech did confess and repent, would God have poured out his wrath? I I don't know. We do know that Abimelech did not repent and did not confess. And we do know that God's wrath was poured out. But what was going through Abimelech's mind? He must have thought all was okay. Hey, I'm the king. I made myself king. And now three years have gone by and, hey, this is pretty cool. I haven't been punished. God must approve. Oh, what a scary place to be, to be caught up in a sin and not be caught or, or not come under the, the conviction or the judgment of God, thinking that because God has not acted, he approves. Bad place to be. Bad place to be. The scripture that is always associated with this is, whatsoever a man sows, that which he reaps. Sowing and reaping. Now in reality, when you read Galatians, Paul wasn't really referring to this particular thing that we're talking about. However, it applies. It does apply. But this is what happens when we think too highly of ourselves, when we think we're not so bad. Let me talk about me for a while. Then I'm finished. You can talk about me. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good that God's grace and God's long-suffering are a sign of approval is a dangerous place to be. We couldn't be more wrong. So as we come into this section of chapter 9, we're going to see now that that which you get, you must defend. That which you get, you must defend. And Abimelech's going to have to defend his kingdom now. Because all of a sudden, those great buddies of his in Shechem decide that he's not such a good guy and they want to come after him now. But they're given a spirit or an ill spirit, it says. Let's look at verse 23. God sent a spirit of ill will between Abimelech and the men of Shechem, and the men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech that the crime done to the 70s sons of Jerubbabel might be settled and their blood be laid on Abimelech, their brother who killed them and on the men of Shechem who aided him in the killing of his brothers. A spirit of ill will was sent by God. See, God has control of all things. And we've had this discussion before. And even today, even today, Satan must go to the throne room of God and ask if he can do something towards you. He still needs God's permission. And as your child, you are protected to an extent, but God could allow him to do some things as testing of your faith, as proving your faith or whatever. We've talked about this before. Just look at Job. Have you considered my servant Job? And who's there? Satan, walking around the, walking around the throne room. And we know through our study in the book of Revelation that he doesn't get out of, thrown out of there for a while. So he still has access But what has happened? Well, it seems like Abimelech's time has come. Abimelech's number has been called, and the Lord's holding his number. Your time has come, Abimelech, and now you must pay for destroying your 70 uh, brothers and other people. You must pay for the deaths that you've caused. And I immediately, I immediately went to the psalm that has been on our hearts for a while, at least mine for a while, and that's Psalm 37, this psalm that David wrote long after these events happened, but listen to what he writes. Don't fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall be soon cut down like the grass and wither as the herb. And if you go down, look at verse 8. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Don't fret it causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. Look at verse 12. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and have bent the bow to cast down the poor and the needy, to slay those who are upright of upright conduct. Their sword shall enter their own heart and their bows shall be broken. And all through that song. All through that psalm, David continued and says, hey, don't worry about the evil guys. The Lord's got them under control, and here we see it happening right here. Lord had everything under control. Yes, he allowed Abimelech to do what he did. Yes, he allowed him to reign for three years. But it's just like at the store. I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but it's just like standing in line at Acme at the deli counter. All of a sudden, you're standing there, and it says number five, and they go, number five? Yes, yeah, me! All right. It was like The Lord said, from Abimelech, aha, time. You don't want that number to come up. Because God was going to deal with Abimelech, and he was going to deal with him and the men of Shechem quite harshly. Quite harshly. Notice it was God who sent the Spirit. God's in control. Why do you think he did this? Why do you think God would allow these type of things in our lives? Why do you think God would allow these type of things? God wants us to have a choice. We have to have a choice between good and evil. He's given us this free will to choose. And he wants us to love him for who he is. Like any relationship you might be in, I want my wife to love me for who I am, not what I can provide or what I can do. And likewise, she wants me to love her for the same reason for who she is. God wants us to love him. So he gives us these choices. he will never violate our free will. These men had to make a choice. They could have made a choice, but they chose to do evil. They chose to do evil. Abimelech could have seen what his father did, what Gideon did. He could have seen that Gideon denied the kingship. And that could have been enough. That could have sent a message to him, but it did not. Abimelech chose to do evil. He chose to do evil. Evil Flip Wilson had it wrong. The devil made me do it. No. You chose to do it. You chose to do it. It's a choice. So well, as we continue now, let's read 25 through 28. This narrative starts now. We have a three-day narrative. And the men of Shechem set men in ambush against him, Abimelech, on the tops of the mountains. And they robbed all who passed by along the way, and it was told Abimelech. Now Gaal, the son of Ibed, came with his brothers and went over to Shechem, and the men of Shechem put their confidence in him. So they went out into the fields, and they gathered grapes from their vineyards, and trod them, and made merry. And they went into the house of their god, and ate, and drank, and cursed Abimelech. And then Gaal, the son of Ebed, said, Who is Abimelech, and who is Shechem? Well, we should serve him. Is he not the son of Jerubabal? And is not Zebul his officer? Serve the men of Hamor, the father of Shekin. But why should we serve him? Well, what you have here is a bunch of guys sitting around, boozing it up in the house of a foreign god, in the house of an idol. And all of a sudden, you know, you get a little booze in you, you become real bold. You get a little, you get a little spirit in you of, of, of ill will. You get a little spirit of the vine in you. And all of a sudden, you become tough. You become a wise guy. Believe me, in the BC days, I've seen more fights start this way than you could ever imagine. People get a little drinking, and all of a sudden they become rocky. They become real tough. And fights start. Well, these guys are all sitting around, they're all tanked, they're all gassed. And Gaal says, hmm, because Gaal's an like opportunist. And he looks around and goes, all right. And he starts to speak. And there's always one guy in the crowd who makes everybody crazy, there's always one guy. And I don't know about you, but in the days I ran with the crowd, the guy who did all the talking is never the one that got his butt kicked because he always stuck back while everybody else moved forward and got their heads beat in. I don't know what that was all about. So Gaal, he says, who is this Abimelech? Who is this guy that we should serve him? Come on. Let's go, guys. So he's stirring these guys up. Now, remember. They're all boozing it up. So they're all tanked up. They're eating, drinking, and being merry because they don't know that tomorrow they're really going to die. And they're all boozing it up right now. You know, after the wine, the mouth speaks. And all of a sudden, they're speaking this venom that comes out. So then you read this. and I don't know about you, but let me read that again. Who is Abimelech and who is Shechem? What, Jerubabal, and it's not Zebul his officer? Serve the men of Hamor, the father of Shechem. But well, why should we serve him? If only his people were under my authority, then I would remove Abimelech. So he said to Abimelech, increase your army and come out. I read that. The first thing I think of was the GOP campaign. Who is this guy? Who do you think you are? I mean, it's crazy. They're, they're speaking out of turn. So Ga- Gaal says, come on out. Let's fight. In other words, he says, you and me, pal. Let's go. We're going to have at it. We're going to go now. Come on. He's spreading his venom see it happening all the time you see it happening in church without the wine you see it happening in church people all of a sudden think they have a platform to stand on and the first thing they want to do is they want to gather people around them they want to get their posse together they figure their strength in numbers well not if you're wrong and and, and, and i see this happening so z-ball z-e-b-u-l he's kind of like the city manager He goes and he tells the king about what was happening and he gives the king Abimelech some strategic advice on how to take Gaal out. Let's look at 30 and 33. When Zebal, the ruler of the city, heard the words of Gaal, the son of Ebed, his anger was aroused and he sent messengers to Abimelech secretly saying, take note, Gaal, the son of Ebed, and his brothers have come to Shechem. And here they are fortifying the city against you. Now, therefore, Get up by night, you and the people who are with you, and lie and wait in the field. And it shall be as soon as the sun is up in the morning that you shall rise early and rush upon the city. And when he said to the people who are with him, come out against you, you may then do to them as you find opportunity. So this is day one of the whole thing. Now we come into day two. We come into day two in 34 through 41. So Abimelech, And all the people who were with him rose by night and lay in wait against Shechem in four companies. When Gaal, the son of Ebed, went out and stood in the entrance of the city gate, Abimelech and the people who were with him rose from lying in wait. And when Gaal saw the people, he said to Zebul, Look, people are coming down from the tops of the mountains. But Zebul said to him, You see the shadows of the mountains as if they were men? So Gaal spoke again and said, See, people are coming down from the center of the land. And another company is coming from the diviner's tippinah tree. Then Zebal said to him, where indeed is your mouth now with which you said, who is Abimelech that we should serve him? Are not these people whom you despise? Get out, if you will, and fight with them now. So Gaal went out, leading the men of Shechem and fought with Abimelech. Gotta love this. Zebal calls him out. Hey, big mouth. Where's your mouth now? You wanted to fight? Here he is. Ever happened to you? you ever really pick a fight with somebody and you really didn't want to fight? And all of a sudden he said, well, okay, let's go. You go, well, what are I want to do now? You know. <laughs> Oops, I really don't want to fight you. That's what he's saying. Who do you think you are? It's interesting that Abimelech uses a similar strategy that his father Gideon used. Remember, they broke up in the companies? It's pretty cool. But indeed, he lacked Gideon's faith. He had no faith at all. Gideon's faith, we said, was weak. Remember that. Gideon had weak faith and the Lord used him mightily. Abimelech had no faith at all. Abimelech attacks the city and chased Gaal and his men, killing Gaal. It was a decisive victory. But I don't see him praising the Lord for this victory. I don't see him giving thanks to God for this great victory that he had. So this guy is totally on his own. And again, we have Psalm 37. Once more, evildoers get cut off. These men who wanted to do evil, wanted to come against them, are killed. God is control of all things. But it's not over yet. Abimelech now has to settle the score with the men of Shechem. Now we're coming into the prophecy of Jotham and the fire. Abimelech has to settle the score with the men of Shechem. Let's read 42 through 49. And it came about on the next day. Now we're coming to the third day. The people went out in the field. They told Abimelech. So he took his people, divided them into three companies and lay in wait in the field. And he looked. And there are the people coming out of the city and he rose against them and attacked them. Then Abimelech and the company that was with him rushed forward, stood at the entrance of the gate city and the other two companies rushed upon all who were in the fields and killed them. So Abimelech fought against the city that day. He took the city and killed the people who were in it. And he demolished the city and sowed it with salt.
0: When God raised up judges to bring the people of Israel back to himself, he did it in unusual ways. He chose a variety of men and women, strong and timid alike, These judges were given tasks to show God's power to the Israelites and the enemy, and God accomplished His goals in an unexpected fashion each time. God can and does use creative ways to reveal who He is, proving that He's the only one who could have made it happen. As we follow God and learn to rely on Him, He'll reveal Himself to us as well. It may not be in the ways we expect, but we can be sure it will be in the way God knows is best. Are you praying for God to move in your life? We'd be happy to come alongside you and support you with prayer as well. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. We are pleased to be able to bring you teachings from God's Word on each edition of Assure Hope. If you'd like to hear more from this series in the book of Judges, visit assurehoperadio.com. There are several teachings on various books of the Bible available online for download, and we encourage you to share them with your friends and family. You can also receive a CD copy of today's message by calling us. Again, that's 609 884 5821. Thanks for tuning in to our message today. May God bless you as you continue to study His Word. Pastor Dave will continue to take us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Judges. When you join us next time, right here on A Sure Hope.